0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Welcome to New Books and Critical Theory. It's a podcast that's part of the New Books Network. On this episode, I'm talking to Jonathan Adeyemi about contemporary art from Nigeria in the global markets, trending in the margins. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you very um, I'm delighted to be talking to you about this book, which is both... Uh, i think an important um kind of art history book and important uh sociology uh of, of culture book uh, and the place i'd like to start really is is about um why you've you've written this book and I'm, I'm intrigued um by something that that's very kind of specific to the title and you've used this term contemporary art from nigeria rather than saying nigerian contemporary art so so what's going on with the um that choice of, of, of title? Why specifically contemporary art from Nigeria?
0: Oh, yes. Thank you very much for this question. Well, I did that to avoid a kind of categorization that could justify the contemporary art of Nigeria and African as a whole to so avoid making it look like some unusual kind of contemporary art. But well, with this title, I present it like a contemporary art like any other books from Nigeria. That's basically the reason why I have refrained from using the title Nigerian Contemporary Art. Contemporary art is not peculiar to Nigeria in any way, but Nigeria has made contemporary art like every other artist around the world. So there is no contemporary art artist i mean
1: that that um is is really crucial to the book isn't it contemporary art and, and i i guess i've got two sort of um starter questions one is kind of a bit more complicated than the other the first one is what actually is contemporary art <laughs> could you give uh maybe a, a sort of a definition um, of what contemporary art is no um in its plain sense, contemporary art
0: will refer to the painting, sculptures, photography, installations, performance, and video art produced today. Art historians have placed the beginning of contemporary art between 1960s and 70. Well, in my book, I take contemporary art as a post-colonial and conceptual art, including paintings, sculptures, photography, installation, performance, and video art created by Nigerians and Africans, addressing the collective experience, history, and our identity in a globalizing world. And as you look at the book, my focus is on uh, a group of art in, uh, artists in Nigeria that have been referred to as the international artist, uh, African artists. Um, Nigerian contemporary artists can actually be clustered into three groups. And the first are those who acquired formal art training and are living and working in Nigeria. The second group is the informally trained artists that got into art practice in Nigeria through the workshop approaches that were facilitated by Yulibir, the German, and the British, Father Kevin Carroll. And the third group are the Nigerian diaspora artists, who those are of Nigerian origin who acquired formal education in the West and have chosen to live and work in North America. And in the last group we will find artists such as Ninka Shone Barre, Sokari Douglas, Njidekalkeuli Crosby, Tanya Williams, Chrisophili and so and others. So but for me, this book focuses on the first group that is those who receive formal art education and have chosen to live and work in Nigeria. They have been described by Vogel as international African artists. And I have my reason for focusing on them. And the first would be that they define contemporary art in Nigeria and they are also the dominant group in the Nigerian art market. Secondly, the diaspora artists have increasingly enjoyed more visibility and critical attention than their counterparts in Africa because they have a better understanding of the aesthetic language as strategies of Western culture there. And the third reason for my focus on the academic artists in Nigeria is that the propaganda that was aimed at promoting the informally trained artists, that is the naive artists, as the authentic African artists gave them better international visibility than the academic artists in Nigeria. So if we look at it, the disadvantage grew the less visible group, the most marginalized group are those academic artists that are living and practicing in Nigeria. And that is why I've decided to focus on them in the book.
1: You mentioned quite a lot of the key themes that come up, uh, later in the book, uh, both in, in terms of things like, uh, authenticity in, 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 art and I guess the kinds, uh, of demands that, um cultural gatekeepers have around this uh, you'd mentioned uh both you know the kind of education system but a broader uh reference to what becomes later in the book kind of formal cultural policy in nigeria and you'd also mentioned um or sort of alluded to this idea of these uh global art markets and quite early on in the book y- you do two things one is set out what's going on with the global art market particularly why it kind of marginalizes um particular kinds uh, of art from particular places but also you try and situate as as you've done a little bit already your case for the artist in relation to it and i guess a question if i was going to kind of crystallize a question for you would be what is this thing or, or these things that are the global art markets and, and why, I, I suppose, does sub-Saharan Africa have a kind of marginal uh, or peripheral relationship to those art markets? Oh, thank you, Dave. Um, looking
0: at studying and analyzing the art world, various models have been um, And But to me, I, the one I found personally most interesting is the Gbojo's artistic field model, where he theorized that, Art world is a field that involves positioning and position-taking in the struggle for symbolic value. And in this struggle, he emphasized that the position of players and their access to the resources of the field is determined by the degree of players' economic, social, and the cultural capital. Obviously, the Western countries are rich in these various kinds of capital and as thought they have maintained a dominant position through which the marginalized agents from weaker countries Weaker contexts, especially sub Saharan Africa, which are relatively low in their uh, acquisition of these uh, forms of capital. And that is why African art has kind of been uh, marginalized. They are kind of being excluded from the mainstream of the art
1: system. I wonder if you could um, sort of explain to me or, or give some sense as, as the book does. About the art market in Nigeria itself. Um, so later on in in, in the book, uh, you talk about um, the sort of evolution of the art market, um, and you, you link this quite early on in the book to, I guess, the sort of development and history of, of contemporary art in in Nigeria itself. So so what's going on with the art market in in Nigeria specifically?
0: Um, um there uh, there is this uh, model by Ahen which is termed the implicit cultural policy and to me i find that relevant to the development of the art market in nigeria um the art market in nigeria emerged from the financial liberalization policy that was developed in the 1980s to address the economic depression that arose from the drastic falling global oil price we will kind of look at that as an economic policy but i uh, hey, that implicit cultural policies are those policies that are meant to address other sectors, but have a far-reaching impact on the cultural sector. And that is why I think the uh, liberalization policy in Nigeria is a kind of implicit cultural policy in the sense that it led to the proliferation of financial services institutions, which also engendered chief competition among players. And to attract and delight customers, art was construed as a means of creating pleasing banking environment, which led to a boost, a boost in art commissions and patronage. Dealers emerged to take advantage of this boom, and then local private collectors also emerged. And later in the later about twenty something years after, we had auction or the auction sector developing. So that
1: is basically how the art market emerged in Nigeria. And how is that linked to uh, the developers of contemporary art in Nigeria? Um, did contemporary artists kind of need the art market uh, to emerge, um, or is there a, a sort of a different story to be told? Yeah, I I wouldn't say that the contemporary artists need
0: the art market to uh to image. What actually brought about the development of the art market art in the contemporary art in Nigeria, we all know that before the colonial encounter between mm-hmm. Africa and Europe, South Sahara Africa was home to a rich traditional art culture that served both religious and secular functions. However, the colonial encounter led with the diffusion of Western modernist aesthetics into Sub Sahara Africa. And at that time, we have the artists in Nigeria, the modernists in Nigeria, finding themselves at a time where there is the struggle for decolonization. And then they find that as artists, we can, we can uh, contribute into this struggle through our art. And that was basically the, uh, one of the inspirations for contemporary art in Nigeria. But it was later. That the embassies in Nigeria, the uh, Western presence in Nigeria started patronizing gradually. And before the uh, liberalization policy I spoke about earlier, later uh, led to a boom in uh, the art market. So it was not the art market that kind of uh, inspired the contemporary art in Nigeria, but rather the struggle for decolonization. So
1: obviously, you mentioned decolonization, the colonial intertwinements um, between Nigeria and and Europe are are really, really crucial here. And I was very struck in in the fourth chapter, how this has, um, I guess, a kind of an aesthetic uh, dimension. Um, You you mentioned in the fourth chapter ideas about cultural nationalism and, and, and relationship. To aesthetics, but but you also try and capture the sense of there being particular sort of aesthetic trends. So, and it's you know it, I should say the book is um, really rich in 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 terms of kind of photographs and and, and you know um, examples of of a particular artists' work, and it's almost impossible to sort of um, distill an entire country to a single set of aesthetic trends, but. But what are these, uh, I suppose, kind of, um, moments of cultural nationalism, um, in the aesthetics of the artists you're interested in? Yeah.
0: Um, cultural nationalism generally refers to ideas and practices that relate to affirmation, sustenance or revival of national culture, especially in the face of, uh, threat like colonialism. It sets out to provide a vision of nations' cultural identity, as the key agents are intellectuals and artists. And the struggle for decolonization pervaded Africa in the late 1950s and early 80s, which created the environment of cultural nationalism, especially through art. This involved a synthesis of Western modernist approaches with traditional African elements by contemporary artists. And this Developed into some kind of aesthetic trend that are woven around what uh, an ideology called the natural synthesis. The concepts of natural synthesis provide the philosoph- philosophical basis for modern art in Nigeria. This involves the selective fusion of Western art techniques and materials in indigenous indigenous elements. However, the individuality ex- ex- encouraged by the ideology which has generational influences has engendered various aesthetic and stylistic trends in the modern contemporary art of nigeria so in the yaba Art school for example we see the tendency of classical naturalism and in the ouchi school you find the color expressiveness like, like you find in the Fauvist movement and then in the usuka art school you see ulezing inspired by the wall paintings in the eastern part of Nigeria. And in the Ife Art School, you find a inspired by the Yoruba cultural symbol. So you see that uh, artists' uh, cultural uh, identity, their cultural background, had great influence in what they found as inspiration in their art. And that is why we have various different aesthetic trends inspired, uh, that are woven around what they call the natural synthesis, which is blending the techniques and principles of modern art from the West with ideas and elements of traditional African art and culture. So that's basically why we have
1: more than one aesthetic trend in Nigeria contemporary art. I suppose the problem problem isn't the right word, but as you show later in the book, these influences and I, I suppose the kind of uh, the, di- the different uh, types of aesthetic trends that you've just catalogued there run into problems in the context of both the global art market and also Western gatekeepers and, and, and you draw on various kind of you know very famous Western artists who have been able to pick and choose particular influences um, without a demand that they be authentic um, and we've mentioned authenticity already and this contrast with the struggle for, uh, contemporary, um, artists, um, who are from Nigeria, who I, I guess the impression I got was, uh, are always being expected to be authentic, to represent, um, particular, I suppose, kind of Western vision, um, of, of what, um, contemporary art from Nigeria might, might be. Uh, and so. I suppose I'm keen to know where authenticity fits into, I suppose, the story, both in terms of for the artists you're interested in, but also in terms of how, um, global art markets function. Oh, okay. Um, thank you very much. As I
0: emphasized earlier, I found the Bordeaux' uh, theory, the Bordeaux's model, very, very interesting in my analysis of the artistic field you know in his artistic more field model he emphasized that the dominant agents sustain their hegemony by monopolizing the power of legitimation that is the power to define authentic art thus contemporary art from africa has been robed in the uh garment of inauthenticity because it is at the cut of the inspiration it has blended inspirations from both the west and the, and africa so They are saying it is a mimicry of Africa of modern art. It's a mimicry of European art, and as such, it is not authentic, simply because it has borrowed some elements from modern art and blended with uh, African traditional elements. But how I want to argue that such position, I find, I found out that such positions are prejudicial, because Western artists, such as Picasso himself, was, influenced by African art and some post-impressioning, especially Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh, where he drew influences from Japanese art. And this never attracted any authenticity debate. Rather, it has even promoted them. It has given them positive critical assessment and even global acclaim. And to me, such inconsistencies could only be prejudicial. The drawing influences is integral to art. Artists are influenced by other artists' work, whether trans- nationally or transnationally. And that in any way should not affect what, whether the art is authentic or not. So to me, calling African art inauthentic because of uh, drawing inspiration from the West and considering the Western artists that drew inspiration from the positive assessment of Western artists that drew inspiration from other cultures and the negative assessment of African art that drew inspiration from uh, Western culture to me is an inconsistency that I found highly prejudicial. And like Vujel said, it's only a way to maintain European, uh, to maintain Western dominance
1: in the art, in the art world. I mean, this sense of, um, a mechanism to, to maintain European dominance of the art world on a ideological level, when we're thinking about authenticity, has um, some similarities when we're thinking about practical issues. And later on in the book, you, you, you talk about things like art fairs, auctions, biennials, um, and there being various sort of uh, barriers to, to engagement for uh, the artists you, you've been been studying. And and I wonder where does contemporary art from Nigeria fit into that um, kind of system of um, the circulation of, of art internationally, which is not, you know, solely about the market. So things like art fairs and, and auctions might be, but biennials, you know, perhaps are, are sort of slightly removed from that. But, but where does uh, contemporary art from Nigeria fit into that um, system of fairs, auctions, or biennials?
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you. As revealed by my research, the overall international engagement of Contemporary Art from Nigeria is quite limited. The most robust, robust engagement being in the auction sector, and this is due to the activities of local auction houses led by Art House Contemporary, which has drawn the interest of international auction houses such as Boham's as such as in London. We found that while local auction houses are selling more art, artwork in Nigeria in terms of volume, higher values are recorded in the few transactions in the London auction. And the prominent artists are the Pioneer Modern Pioneer Modernists such as Enwu, so Grillo, Demas Woko and other And in terms of art scales, a few Nigerian galleries especially, the new ones such as Retro Africa, Arts 21, relay Art Galleries, Co Art Gallery and SMO are trying hard to inject contemporary art from Nigeria into the International Art Fair Network, but they are still largely impeded by insufficient funds. As you know, it cost, it is cost-intensive to participate in such fairs from an environment like Nigeria, where there are no government uh, institutional support. And for Ben Ali, Nigeria has participated, for example, in Beni, which has been described as the the Olympic of Art only once in 2017. And this is not through government support or anything, but through the support of an individual, a politician, who is currently a governor of a state in Nigeria, Godwin Obaseki. And, unfortunately, even at that, the Nigerian pavilion had to close prematurely because of lack of sufficient funds. And then, Dakar, Bernele, which is even Africa focused, is also not quite in. Nigeria participation in Dakar is also not quite impressive. And these are largely due to, like I said, and like I emphasized in the book, these are largely due to lack of supportive policy for art in Nigeria. And most people in position of art leadership in Nigeria lack what Bojo calls the habitus. The, which is the personal disposition that determine the action of leaders, including their priorities in allocating the meager revenue available. I will give you an example of this. Um, in the starting year, the organizers of the Venice Biennale contacted, uh, of uh, Dakar Biennale contacted the Minister of Culture in Nigeria on their intention to focus on that year on contemporary art from Nigeria. But the minister didn't even understand what this meant. He didn't understand the benefit that could come from such a focus or ben- by a binary like uh, Dakar. So he didn't even respond to it. And I met a, an writer, a leading writer, who was close to the minister. He told me that he contacted the minister and tried to even let him know the reason why he should be interested in this. But he... Well, he didn't show any interest because the minister was a... The minister is currently the minister now for culture, information and culture. He's a media person, and that is usually the problem of culture, the culture sector in Nigeria. The minister is a media person who is more interested in the uh, government propaganda than in the cultural aspects of his ministry. So he is not... Been, uh, dakar invitation and that was how nigeria lost the opportunity to engage meaningfully with leading players from in the art ad- global art world so it is not much nigerian uh, internationalization of contemporary art has been limited not mainly by the marginalization because countries like chi- china and brazil have shown that with good policy you can command such marginalization but well, the main problem in Nigeria is lack of supportive environment, uh, lack of structures, lack of cultural infrastructure that will give the local validation upon which the international engagement will be based. And then people in position of authority in cultural fields have no interest, they have no disposition, they have no experience, they have no knowledge of art and culture and are mostly just selected to 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 uh, fulfill political promises
1: and that's the major problem that comparison china Brazil, and um and and India is really crucial at the end of the book and I think you make a very compelling case about uh, the power uh, and importance of cultural policy and what cultural policy can do and you've you talked about that already, but the other thing right at the, the very end of the book um uh, is i guess a different kind of comparison which is with the film industry and and the idea of i guess a, a really successful um kind of both cultural industry and to an extent kind of cultural uh export as, as well and, and i'm intrigued by by that comparison what, what i suppose lessons are there in in terms of um film policy and the film industry for visual arts policy and then cultural policy in Nigeria?
0: Um my response to that would be well, yes, there are things that the art can art in Nigeria can learn from the film industry. And then no. I would say no because of the varying uh assessment processes. Yes, in terms of the informal alternative systems, through which the Nigerian film and even music penetrated robustly the international space, despite lack of government support. Jade Miller has said so much about it. So Nigeria can learn uh, so much about exploring some alternative uh, systems that could, uh, could help to support sufficient international engagement. However, I would say no because we must understand that the process of assessment of high and popular culture varies. For popular culture, the assessment is objective, such that if you make a good movie, if you make a blockbuster movie and good music, the market will judge and respond accordingly. But for high art, the process of validation is subjective. Contemporary art, I'll give contemporary art as an example, add a unique visual language that requires interpretive mod- mediation before a connection can be established with prospective people and consumers thus we need the expertise of curators in educative context such as art museum to establish such connections so it is obvious that this cannot be compared with informal platforms such as piracy through which the nigerian music and film get international visibility so for art, we need for expert parties, and institutions, the need for parties and institutions are inevitable, and this cannot be done informally. They have to be formal.
1: So that the... I guess that's the... Yeah, I was going to say. I guess that's a call for um, a much stronger sort of cultural policy and cultural policy infrastructure in Nigeria. Come again, please. I guess what you're you're arguing for is a much stronger cultural policy. Yeah, and the cultural policy, cultural policy in Nigeria that would was for the
0: development of cultural infrastructure and develop the necessary parties that we need to even develop the local alternative uh, spaces, local alternative spaces for local validation upon which we can now base our international engagement. At the moment, there is a cultural policy document in Nigeria that has been uh, hampered by bureaucratic political bottleneck. Uh, It has not been... It has not been ratified, it has not, there's nothing that is actually guiding the cultural sector in Nigeria. And that, to me, I think is quite necessary, extremely necessary. In Nigeria, we have no museum for contemporary art. There is one that was recently contributed by an individual, and that is placed, that is situated in a university. In an environment like Nigeria, one modern, Art, one Museum of Modern Contemporary Art is not sufficient. And we need more to be able to give validation to art in Nigeria. Work on which we can situate, robust international
1: engagement. In terms of your own work, what comes next? Um, it, it struck me from what you've been saying there, there's um, a research project about building um, both those um sort of local, national, and international forms of cultural policy. There's certainly um, theoretical work on Bourdieu and the application, um, in this case, to uh, Nigerian art markets. I think there's a a theoretical project um, to be teased out from the book. Or are you thinking of doing something completely different? Um, Well, my
0: next work will definitely be linked to that book and to my previous research and that will be a focus on the alternative sectors alternative platforms that are giving international visibility to nigerian artists i want to see and i may not just focus that on nigerian artists i may that may extend to other african artists i want to see the alternative platform through which they have gained international recognition and how they have done that. Like uh I said earlier, there is the um October Gallery in London that has given that has been the basis of the international visibility that has been the propeller of international visibility for artists such as El Anatsui. We have seen uh JDKuny Crosby who has risen to prominence through the opportunity given to her by the Studio Museum in Harlem? Why the Studio Museum in Harlem? We definitely will not be comparing Studio Museum in Harlem to, uh, the Metropolitan Museum or the Museum of Modern Art. But somehow, through the opportunity she got there, she now has uh, a kind of image in the art world where museum, mainstream museums are now keen to buy to her to buy her work. And then she's been represented now by leading by mainstream galleries like David Zuena in London and then uh, Larry, the Almighty Larry Gagosian in New York. So if this alternative uh, platform that has taken some African artists to prominence, I want to see how the process, how it has been done, maybe that could provide uh, some kind of evidence for policymakers in Nigeria to see why it is necessary for us to have to invest in alternative uh, platforms and stop depending solely on the West.